When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Bills Mafia, we know there's only one topic every day, all Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking Bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right, one of those players, Kyrie Elam, got beat badly early on the sidelines. Uh, didn't see him necessarily get torched throughout the game. Also didn't make a play to say, like, hey, I'm here and I'm making a play. Um, I don't know. Still, I think a little concerned about that particular spot, to be honest with you. By the way, Christian Benford also got beat on a plate on the sideline, very similar on the same sideline, but going the other way. Yes, but Christian Benford also had the play that looks like it might have won them the game before yep. the Bills then went three and out and missed the field goal and then gave them the ball back. So he broke it up, I think, just to Slayton down the sideline. Really good coverage from him. So I, I thought Christian Benford was overall good. The word Sean McDermott used to describe Kyer Elam was resilient. And he said that even though he had a couple bad reps at the beginning of the game, he made a couple nice plays at the end of the game. He specifically talked about the open field tackle that I think he got, which led to a third and one. And then I believe that was a play where Tyron tried to run out and then overthrew it. And then they ultimately ended up having to kick a field goal. I thought on that play, it looked like he might be able to jump the route and get the interception. He didn't, but he made the tackle and he stopped him short. So yeah, Kyrie was one that I think was a little bit up and down. Two guys though, for sure, that we got to talk about, Taron Johnson and Dorian Williams, because I think both of those guys had very strong outings today. Well, let you go ahead and Williams, because there were some things that I am concerned about still. Okay, so what are the things you're concerned about? Well, I still think, just like last week, Dorian Williams, and this come, this will come with reps. He's going to be good. I don't want to say he, this will come with reps, but he's so Sometimes he tries, he diagnoses so quickly, he gets there. He's, he, yeah, he did the game doesn't slow down. Those two big runs that Barkley had, I think, were almost right at him. Yeah. Where and he and he didn't take the right angle. And again, this thing he's gonna get this with reps, but that's what concerns me about him. By the way, toward the end of the game, he came out, they put Saran Neal, and I think it was more because they knew the Giants were gonna throw. They wanted they only had one linebacker on the field. He was a bit hobbled after the game. I talked to him, he'll be fine. But that's what I'm concerned about with him. Otherwise, I love his energy. I love his instincts. I love how he flies with the football. Yeah. To me, it's the instincts. To me, it's that he knows where he needs to be. And 
I would rather have somebody who you got to pull back a little bit than somebody who you got to try and get there and say like, okay, we need you to do this. We need you to react faster. I certainly do not think reacting fast is an issue for him. Super rangy. I don't think that he hurts you in the passing game. I think that he's still obviously got room to improve in the run game, and that's specifically mentioned with those two long ones to Sam Barkley. But I like him for, I think this was his first career start, right? It would have had to have been. During was that's right. So it was his first career start. And I thought that I noticed him for the right reasons. And then Taron Johnson. I think Taron Johnson finished the game with like 15 tackles or something. I got that right here. I'll take a look at it. What'd you like about him? Well, I mean. He's Taron Johnson. He's Taron Johnson. He can do a little bit of everything. I mean, obviously, he's got 15 tackles. He's all over the field. Like we already talked about, the last play of the game. The fact that they trust Taron to go against Darren Waller, who is their number one target, I think speaks volumes to what they think about Taron Johnson. And then just after the game, we listened to Micah Hyde, we listened to Jordan Poyer, and they're like, Taron Johnson made the play. Like, they, we needed a big play, and Taron Johnson was the one who did it, and I'm very happy for him. Keep in mind, this is a guy who looks like he was very injured last week in London and then came back a couple plays later. He means so much to this team. So I just think Taron Johnson, I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. That's 15 tackles, three guys with double-digit total tackles, Taron Johnson, Terrell Bernard, and Dorian Williams. And Terrell Bernard had three tackles for loss, by the way, as well. Terrell Bernard might be pretty good. I mean, we might be on the verge of it's still early, it's six games. I know we've had different concerns about Terrell Bernard. First, it was the pass, then it was the well, it was never really the pass. It was mostly just how he would do in run coverage. And I feel like he's answered that. I feel like he's been pretty good at it. So give him some credit because those are some young players who are leading the way. When you've got 15 for Taron, you've got 12 from Bernard, you've got 10 from Dorian, and then you've got nine from Christian Benford. I mean, Taron's the most veteran player in that group, and he's what, in his mid-20s? Yeah, and then you have a couple sacks, by the way, along the way for H. Vanessa again, another sack, another ta- another qu- uh, quarterback hurry, Leonard Floyd with another sack Leonard as well. Floyd has six and a half sacks already. Six game. Yeah, and they signed him in the summer. In the summer, like I think it was like May or June. Why was he available? He's awesome. Well, he's been a great addition. And speaking of that, though, on that defensive line, Von Miller, I mean, I don't know what his pitch count was, but whatever it is, they blew past it. Or maybe he just didn't have one because he was on the field a lot in that fourth quarter. I didn't notice him, though, a ton. Right. I mean, I was he was out there, but he wasn't making necessarily the impact. Yeah. But, you know, I will say this. The, the Giants did a really good job of getting rid of the ball quick. Like, they knew – they. Brian Dable did two different two things here. He rolled the pocket a lot to make sure Tyrod wasn't standing back there and those guys were just getting beat off the line. And he made sure that when he was stationary, he could get the ball out quick. Wondell Robinson did a nice job to have a nice day picking up some third downs. I have a I don't know if this is a hot take. Tell me if this is a hot take. All right. I think the Bills would have won this game a lot easier if Daniel Jones was the quarterback. Probably right. I I don't know about a lot easier. I thought all week that, that I thought all week Tyrod was a bigger issue for them to handle than Daniel Jones because of his elusiveness. So his elusiveness, his ability to hit deep balls, which we saw when he was back in Buffalo, because he was able to stretch. He could do two things: he could make plays with his legs, he could stretch the field, and he could hit deep shots. And he had a couple of them today that were perfectly thrown balls, even with good coverage. One of them beat Benford, one of them beat Elam. So. He was able to do that. And the thing that was the most impressive about Tyrod from his time in Buffalo and from his time today, Tyrod does not make mistakes. He does not turn the ball over. He did not throw interceptions. 
this is a defense that leans into making the big play. And I think if Daniel Jones was back there, you might have got a pick or two. You might have got a fumble. Tyrod had one fumble today, but he recovered it quickly. So there was no big Tyrod mistakes. This to me, kind of, because this game was so ugly. This to me kind of felt like one of those games of tennis where you're just waiting for somebody to make up, make a mistake. Who's going to make the unforced error and just hit it back over the net and hope that that person makes the error. And as long as you're the one who doesn't make the error, you're going to ultimately come out on top. I think the reason the Bills won the game was because in the fourth quarter, Josh kind of went nuts and did what Josh Allen is able to do. And he was the best player on the field. Also interesting. Sean said that. Did you hear that in the press? I did. I wasn't in the, just so our listeners know, I go into the locker room while McDermott's at the podium because we're carrying that live on WGR so I can get the extra sound. That's why I wasn't there. I don't want anybody to think that I just don't go to no, the press conference. So Sean basically was asked, well, I, I asked him, how did it happen two weeks in a row of the offense just being bad? And he told me, like, you're not going to like the answer, but I'm doing a lot with the defense now. I don't get to see every single play, but I can certainly tell you it's not up to the standard and we're better than that. And we know we're better than that and we will be better than that. And then later he was asked about the fourth quarter and he was like, you know, give credit where it's due. They made some adjustments and we needed our best player to be our best player in the channel. So to hear him say, not that it's a surprise, right? But him acknowledging the fact that like this team at times can live and die with Josh Allen. I mean, we said it on the last podcast and it doesn't look like a great thing to say because they just scored 14 points, but their hopes this year are on their offense. Yeah, it really is. So it's a lot. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's a lot that needs to be fixed, but I also think it's something that's capable of being fixed because you have an elite quarterback and an elite wide receiver and an offensive line that I think you're pretty happy about. So I don't know. I mean, I thought this was going to be a get right game for them. It certainly was not. My fantasy team thought this was going to be a get right game for them, and it certainly was not. Well, maybe it is next week. The Bills travel to Foxborough to take on the New England Patriots, who lost to the Raiders today. So I mean that that could be a get right game. You hope so. They need to they need to put their foot down against the Patriots next week. Will Mac Jones be the starting quarterback for the Patriots next week? I think he will. We I, we might see more of Malik Cunningham. But I did think today the reason why they had Malik Cunningham even playing a little bit was maybe they're ramping him up to start next week against the Bills. Yeah. So I think that that's an interesting thing to follow. And then also, you know, from an injury standpoint, obviously we had the Josh Allen injury today. We had the Damian Harris injury. Just hoping that he's okay. That was super scary. And then on the injury report, you had Dane Jackson, who did not play, had Dalton Kincaid, who did not play. I mean, I would think they both practiced. I would guess that they would probably be available next week, but who the heck knows? I'm not a doctor. But I think you would feel better with Dane Jackson and Christian Benford, obviously, than you would with Kyrie Lam. And then, obviously, we talked about Dalton and how he kind of opens things up around the league. Any other surprises around the league? Today? Um. But yeah, I mean, Houston's looking good. CJ Stroud looks good. They yeah, beat they beat New Orleans. Legit. Houston looks legit. And then Cincinnati might be a little bit back, I guess. I mean, they still didn't have a great game, but 17-13 over the Seattle Seahawks to go to three and three. Well, that's the thing. I mean, they're three and three. They scored 17 points. I mean, look at some of the offenses that you would say are elite in the entire. Can you go to the entire schedule for the week before you go to the conference? Yes. Because it started with Kansas City on Thursday night football. Kansas City scored 19 points. Okay. 
Then you look at the Ravens. They scored 24 points. You look at the Bengals. They scored 17 points. The Jags, I mean, put up 37. The 49ers scored 17. The Eagles scored 14. It, it was a weird week, obviously, Miami. Dolphins, yeah, 42. You know, they gave up a quick 14, as you mentioned. Take a look at the standings, where this puts the Buffalo Bills. Four and two, obviously, second place in the AFC East behind the Miami Dolphins. The Jets are at three, three, the New England Patriots at one and five. Then the Bills right now in the fifth seed in the AFC playoff race. Um, Kansas City would be number one. Miami, two. Baltimore and Jacksonville as the division leaders. The Bills will be the next team, the first non-division leader in that seat at number five. Well, it was just one of those games you could not let this one slip away. You needed to get a win with their next now five games. They had six games on their schedule coming up that I thought you needed to win a baseline of five. And if you would have let this one slip away, then you didn't give yourself the wiggle room of, you know, dropping a game that maybe you should win or going to Cincinnati and Cincinnati's bad. It's such a weird week to week league that I never feel even as big as the lines are. It, this game was so complex because not only was it a game against an opponent, the giants aren't right. They've got a ton of injuries, but you were going to get somebody jokingly tweeted this. I, I don't know who it is. I want to give you credit that Brian Dable knows the bills offense better than Ken Dorsey does. And, there is, hey, Dawson Knox did say he knows our system. He knows how to plan for it. And he did it. So I think that this matchup was a little bit tougher than any of us thought it was going to be because Brian Dable is a good coach. Now, you know, like besides the thing at the end of the first half, right? And it sounds like he's blaming Tyrod for that, which is honestly surprising that he's just kind of throwing. I don't want to say throwing. He's just answering the question about what happened. Probably just answering the question. But I, don't know, I thought he did a good job today. I mean, he put an elite offense, or what we think is an elite offense, he held them scoreless for three quarters. And I think a lot of that is because he knows what the Bills do to make it work so well. And there was a lot of doubling on digs. There was a lot of going that went in down. They looked for digs. And there were also two trips early on that were called. There were the two trips. Early <laughs> that, were that might have made a difference too early. Called. I mean, because the one was like, Obvious, obvious. So, but you know, we, we can't be the ones that get talking about bad officiating. Certainly not this one. Um, it, it was one of those games where I felt like the Giants. How do I want to say this? I don't want to. I'm getting a little tired and a little loopy here. I feel like the Giants lost the game as much as the Bills won it, but the Bills also had a ton of ways they almost lost the game. Well, doesn't matter how it was. The Bills go to four and two. They win 14-9 over the New York Giants. All right, go sleep. I'm going to, and I hope you do as well. Just yeah. so everybody knows, we're recording this at about 2 a.m. It's 2 a.m. It's well, it's 1.36 a.m. right now, and um, Mike Robbie is going to put this up as soon as he gets it. We're going to stash it away, and hopefully everybody hears it on Tuesday morning, and they can listen to it on iTunes and Spotify Monday morning. Monday, I keep thinking it's Monday Night Football. Um, and then, of course, you can watch us. We're in here in the booth here, uh, high above the stadium. Not even that high. Rambling. Two more one o'clock games the entire season, and one of them is next week. The next two home games after this are Thursday night, Monday night. A lot of prime time home games. We're going to be doing this, buddy. Yes, and uh, the Thursday night game and the Monday night game you can watch on Seven ABC in Western it. New York. How's that for a plug, Ted? I love it. Way, way to tease right there. All right, way to plug, way to tease, way to listen, way to watch. Thank you very much, Sal Sports YouTube. If you want to watch us as well.